We are certainly living in some interesting times over the past three years, huh? I mean, we had uh, the pandemic and then the great resignation that occurred and it became a candidate's market. People could quit their jobs and find a new job and get better compensation. And that has all changed. The job market has flipped yet again and is now an employer's market. So what are you going to do about it? I'm Larry Cornette, and this is Invincible Career. So yeah, the market has changed even probably in the last few months. I think we started seeing hints of this in the summer. Um where things were cooling off a little bit. And now it seems like we're potentially entering a recession. We keep kind of going back and forth on that. But it's definitely getting harder to find a new job. It's getting risky. And people are facing potential layoffs. So I wanted to share some of my advice and some steps you can take to get through this time um, so as I said, yeah, the economy is just not in great shape. I mean, at least in the U S it looks like we're going to be entering a recession. Numerous companies have instituted hiring freezes starting in the summer and it's continuing. Startups are laying people off. Even large corporations are laying off thousands of people this year. And we, uh, we had kind of the enjoyable time for the first time in I don't know how long, where it was an an employee's market, a candidate's market. Hiring was booming, especially after we recovered from those quarantine months of the pandemic, right? Seemed like companies couldn't recruit fast enough to replace the millions and millions of people who quit their jobs during the Great Resignation. Working from home has reached all new heights. I love it. And I think it's that time that we recovered from our daily commutes. In my case, I know when when I was commuting, it was anywhere from two to four hours a day, believe it or not. And it's given people time to think about work, think about their life. And I think a lot of people decided they wanted more out of their life. They wanted something better for their career. They wanted better jobs, better working conditions, better work-life balance, better compensation. Imagine that. Better career development opportunities. They want companies to invest in them. And the growth of remote work also opened up global opportunities that never existed before. Right? I mean, if you took a job with a company in another country, you had to move there. But that's changed. You can now work for any company in the world and not be forced to relocate. Many of my friends and and some of my clients have accepted jobs in other countries. And that never would have been possible before. However, what goes up must come down. And uh, all good things come to an end. The job market has recently flipped back 
to an employer's market, as I said. The hiring frenzy has definitely cooled off. Job seekers are now feeling that strain of the tightening corporate budgets, and they're wondering why they're getting ghosted more often by recruiters and hiring managers. It's always been a problem. I'm sure you've run into it. Drives me crazy, but it seems to be getting worse. And some of my clients who are also managers, they're hiring people, they lost their open recs, so they can no longer hire for their teams. My job-seeking clients are finding that when they apply for an open position, they're suddenly informed, hey, sorry, the role closed. (laughs) That's happening more often than you would expect. And people are just generally discovering it's taking longer to find a new job. So welcome to this pending recession and tighter job market. It's time to change your strategies to adapt to this new reality. How you manage an employer's market like this depends on your current situation. And I want to touch on each one of those, but which one best describes you? Number one, you have a stable job and you're really not worried. You're not worried about the layoffs. Number two, you do have a job, but you fear that a layoff is coming to your company. Number three, it's a little too late. You've already been laid off just in the last few weeks or months. Number four, I know a few people in this situation, you've been unemployed for a while. So this is a state you've been in for about six months or even up to a year, which happens sometimes. Number five, you're the one doing the layoffs. You're a manager and you, you've had to lay people off or you're going to have to lay people off. And six, which is kind of a hopefully good situation to be in, you're running your own business. So this uh, concept of laying people off, especially if you're a solopreneur, isn't really an issue for you, but the economy might be impacting you. So I'm going to touch on each one of those, but I want to first talk about some of the clues that might indicate a layoff is coming. This could help you, help you prepare. You know, I've had a long, long working career, (laughs) over 30 years at this point, not counting kind of my old my old jobs that I had during college. Uh, I spent about 20 years of that in Silicon Valley. So I have experienced my fair share of layoffs, both as an employee and even getting laid off and a manager who's had to lay people off. And I've now been a career coach and leadership coach for over six years now. And that means I frequently work with people who are either getting laid off, have been laid off, or... They have to manage a layoff. They're a manager. They're dealing with it. And after you've been through several of these experiences, you start to recognize recurring patterns of behavior. You see the all too familiar signs that a layoff is coming. And you should trust your gut because if you've been doing this for a while, your instincts are usually right. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So here are few of the things that I've witnessed, some of the stuff that I've heard from my clients. Now, some of these signals happen months in advance. Uh, Others are a pretty good sign that a layoff is coming very soon. It's going to be executed within the next 24 hours, 48 hours. Um, So here's the first one. So if you're already working 
in the office again. Maybe you are. Some people have returned to the office. You may notice that the free food and drinks start tapering off. Maybe they've disappeared entirely. Or maybe just the quality has dropped. It's cheaper, cheaper snacks. And I still remember the first time I experienced this at a startup. Our snack supply was slowly but surely kind of dwindling and disappearing. And things weren't being replaced. We were said, hey, we're out of stuff. We need to get more stuff. And they were like, yeah, yeah, but they weren't. Uh, they kept, I don't remember what their explanation, oh, we need to go shopping at Costco. But the, the reality was the startup was failing. They didn't want to spend any more money on snacks and food and drinks. Uh, so it wasn't too long after that, that the startup shut down. Uh, number two, the regular kind of long-term planning activities that you schedule, you know, those happen quarterly planning, annual planning, they suddenly get postponed. You know, suddenly they're like, oh, we're going to put that meeting off. And they really don't give a good explanation. And that, that's typical when a significant layoff is coming, especially if it's one that's going to cause a big reorg or a change in the key players, the leadership. It's challenging to make long-term plans that require critical decisions when the decision makers are going to be changing seats. So they, they don't want to do the long-term planning when they know they're going to change who's sitting at the top. Uh, three, it's already happening. Hiring is frozen. You know, you're finding out that open recs are put on hold or they're closed. And this op, this happens, yeah, usually a few months before a layoff. I'm not saying it always leads to a layoff, but not uncommon. First thing they do is close all the recs, save a little money. And then that's not enough. And so they, uh, they start planning layoffs too, which really sucks as a manager because, you know, you lose all those open racks, you can't hire. And then if you have to lay people off, you can't backfill. So your teams get smaller and smaller. Uh, it's usually a sign that the company is going to lay you off, specifically you, <laughs> when management postpones a meeting with you that they normally would have accepted. So this is number four. Or you stop receiving those invitations to meetings for long-term planning or where you know confidential or strategic information is going to be discussed. I mean, people try not to telegraph a termination, but they really can't have you in critical meetings if they already know you're going to be leaving the company. So you suddenly are uninvited to meetings or you don't get invited to meetings you should be invited to. Uh, by the way, this is going to be a little bit long. And if you want to read all of this information in a more digestible format, you can go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is the job market has flipped again. <laughs> Issue 412, 412. So you can uh, read this, see some of the links and follow those that I've included uh, number five, the fifth clue, entire teams are suddenly reassigned to new management and it doesn't really seem to make sense. And I, I know this move all too well. I've seen it happen. Sometimes senior management will move a team to a more junior manager to pass on that unpleasant task of the layoff. So they get reassigned right before the layoff so that the other manager leader doesn't have to deal with it. Really nice. 
Uh, six, numerous meetings are scheduled with management and HR reps at the same time on the same day. Huh. I wonder what's going to happen there. If you've developed a good relationship with your HR partner, which I recommend you do, I always recommend that, you'll find out about this kind of secretly before anyone else does. If you haven't done this, maybe you're going to hear rumors about it from your colleagues. People are like, wow, manage, my manager's in a meeting. My manager's in a meeting. HR's in a meeting. Okay, what's going on? Uh, sometimes companies even have mass layoffs over Zoom. We saw that happen, didn't we? That was really nice. Uh, number seven, you may discover that you're on the layoff list if you're scheduled for a surprise meeting with your manager in HR and they won't tell you what the agenda is. That's usually not a good sign. Uh, and this depends. It depends on the size of your organization, their policies. So at, at one company, my manager met with everyone, even if they were staying. So she met with people she was laying off and she met with the employees that were staying. And I can tell you when she showed up at my office door and yeah, we had offices back then. Can you imagine that? That was the last time I had an office long, long ago. Well, when she knocked on the door, I thought, okay, that's it. I've lost my job. But instead she told me I was not being let go. So it depends. Sometimes you'll have this meeting and it means, yep, you're being laid off. Um, I would say if HR is going to show up, you can see they're on the, the invite list. You're going to get laid off. If it's just with your manager, maybe not. It could just be touching base with everyone to make sure they're going to be okay. Uh, number eight, all management is suddenly pulled into a series of meetings across a two-day period. Like your manager is all the way up the chain. You're in meeting, meeting, meeting. This was easier to tell in an office. You could see everybody in a meeting room. Um, you could probably tell if you all talk in Slack and you're finding out that the entire management chain has been pulled out of all their regular meetings and talking together. Yeah, something's coming. That means something big's going to go down. It could be it could be an acquisition. It could be a change in leadership, a huge reorg. But, you know, they might be planning a layoff if you talk with your manager and they're kind of being evasive. They're not really answering your questions when you say, what's going on? <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't feel comfortable talking about it. Uh, number nine, people are told to attend a mandatory meeting, even if they're supposed to have the day off or out on vacation. Uh, again, when we were in the office, they'd say, okay, nobody can work from home on Friday. And if you're on vacation, stop by, yeah, I suppose now you'd be pulled into a zoom meeting, but if everybody's gonna be pulled into a meeting and you, even if you're supposed to be off that day or on vacation or whatever, uh, that's probably a good indication that that's the layoff day or again, some other massive announcements coming. And then, uh, another final one, number 10, your corporate VPN suddenly stops working. <laughs> wow. Uh, sometimes it pulls the plug way too soon and this should never happen. I've seen it happen a couple of times and employees have said, what's going on? My VPN's not working. Well, or a coworker tells you that it means they got laid off and I, th you would think they would have their act together, but I've heard this has happened in the last year where all of a sudden people couldn't access their, their email. It's like, Oh boy, that's a, that's a rough way to find out you've been laid off. 
you know, it's, if you have a job and you work for a company, this is inevitable. Layoffs happen. If you work long enough, you're going to face a layoff. You know, either you'll be part of it. You'll be in the midst of it. When other people are being laid off, you'll have to do it as a manager. Uh, but no one likes unpleasant surprises. So if you can see that it's coming, you can be prepared. You can kind of brace yourself for that moment when you pop into the meeting, you're on Zoom and you see all of a sudden the smiling face of HR on screen. It's like, why are they in this meeting? All right. So let's get back to these scenarios. I want to talk about some things that can help you get through probably in the next year of uncertainty. I just don't know if 2023 is going to be any different. All right. Number one, this is if you have a stable job and you're not too worried, I would say ride out the storm. Now is not the time to be making a move. I'm guessing the great resignation is behind us. I don't know anyone who's quitting their job proactively without having something lined up first, which it's always a good idea, but maybe during this period of booming jobs, if people felt safe quitting and saying, ah, I'll figure it out later. But this is, this is a different time. In this market, it is not a good idea to quit and hope you're going to find another job quickly. So if you already have a decent job in a decent company, you know, just sit tight. You know, focus on your performance. Keep delivering value. You know, meet or exceed expectations. And as much as it pains me to say this, don't rock the boat. <laughs> don't be a troublemaker. And you know, I am a big believer in pushing hard to get what you want, pushing to get what you deserve from your employer. I talk about that all the time. And that's great when the market's hot. That's great when you know you're in demand and you have options or you've spun up a side hustle business and you can provide for yourself. But if you haven't, done that and you're not in demand and you don't have people constantly trying to hire you right now, it's kind of risky. It's risky to rock the boat when companies are cutting budgets and reducing headcount and they're freezing all their hiring. So even if you have a stable job and you think you could never lose your job, it doesn't hurt to strengthen your position in the company. Because the things that you do to ensure your job security, they're also great to prepare you for promotion. So exceeding expectations, doing great work, being valuable, not only does that keep you from getting laid off, but it helps you get promoted later. And that kind of takes us to number two. So let's say you do have a job, but you're a little worried. You're starting to see some of these signs that I mentioned of a layoff. You know, I've been on every side of this. I've been an employee that survived a layoff. I've been an employee who got laid off. I've been a manager. I've been a business owner. So I've, I've seen it. I was at IBM when they had their very first layoffs ever. And at that time I kept my job. I was at Apple as a pretty young junior designer. Uh, and we had multiple rounds of layoffs. There were some dark times at Apple and I found out what saved my job. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about. Um, I was at a startup. We got acquired and we had a couple of months with the parent company and then they laid all of us off. They just laid off the entire company. Um, I've had to do layoffs, you know, I've had to do layoffs, uh, at Yahoo. It was not 
It wasn't pleasant, and I still feel bad about that. So who tends to stay off that layoff list? How did I determine who would remain? Well, managers like to keep people who fit into one or more of these 10 categories. Number one, employees performing in the top 20%. Number two, employees in critical roles working on strategic projects. Number three, people with the knowledge, skills, and experience that's necessary for the company's future. Number four, employees who keep essential products and services running. Number five, those few employees, and it's usually not a huge number, whom the boss feels like they can't live without. Number six, employees who bring in revenue, more revenue, always valuable. Number seven, those who consistently save the company money. So if you make money, if you save money, that's a good place to be. Number eight, people who reliably add value to the organization. It's unquestionable. Number nine, employees with a highly positive benefit cost ratio. And number 10, people who are not a pain in the butt to manage. Because that one can hurt you even if you're adding value. If you're a serious pain, they're like, well, this could make my life easier if this person gets put on the layoff list. So how do you get your name into one or more of those categories? Well, number one, be really, really good at what you do. I have never, I've never witnessed a manager putting someone on the layoff list who is one of their top performers. They just didn't. I mean, it didn't happen. They used to call it like a lifeboat exercise. Like who would you keep in this lifeboat to keep your organization running? Who could you not function without? Um, and so you have to be one of those people if you want to keep your job. Hey, you know, I talk about this all the time. If you're going to be someone who wants to be an employee that plays the corporate game and you want to work for someone else, then you got to make them happy. They're the ones who sign your checks. You don't like that. Get so good at what you do that you're always in demand and you can move and leave quickly, easily, or start your own business. Do your own thing. There's a reason I do my own thing. I got tired of this game. Um, but I played that game for, for a number of years. And one of those ways that I got promoted and I stayed, even though other people got laid off, is being really good at what I did. You know, deliver results with high quality on time. Get things done with minimal oversight. Don't be somebody that needs a lot of hand-holding. Going above and beyond. Taking on more responsibility, you know. Just always getting better at what you do. Uh, the second one, work on strategic projects. I mean, some of those quirky projects, kind of the ivory tower ones, they're fun. The pet projects are fun. That's a risky place to be during layoff season. I, I've seen entire teams get laid off that were working on something experimental that wasn't critical or core to the business. So guess what? Makes it easy to lay off an entire team that's working on a project that isn't really necessary. Uh, three, position yourself for the future. So that's probably what saved my job at Apple. I was new to the company. It could have been you know, last in, first out. But I had experience that positioned me well for Mac OS X. So when we 
acquired next and the whole operating system transitioned to what they had been, what they had built. My experience with Unix that I got when I worked at IBM, I think probably saved my job that day. So if you are positioned for the company's future, where they're going, then they'll probably keep you. For keeping the lights on. So if you keep essential products and services up and running, and it's only you who knows how to do that, they're not going to get rid of you. I've, I've seen places like where they were going to lay somebody off and somebody said, they're the only one that knows that code. <laughs> so if you, you get rid of that person, we're screwed. There's no one else that knows how to, to maintain that. Um, being indispensable. So one of the keys to getting ahead and sticking around is making your manager's life easier. Are you one of those employees that they just can't live without? You know, I, I know somebody who was that kind of person. They made their manager's life easier. They took on all kinds of tasks that manager didn't want to do. And so when the layoff list was being built, that manager surely did not put that employee on the list because it would have made their life way harder. So yeah, they, they certainly kept their job. Um, I mentioned bringing in revenue. That's why salespeople rarely get laid off, right? It's if you are working on something that's helping the company make money and make more money, you're probably going to keep your job. Likewise, if you're helping the company save money or you are proposing ways to save money, it's going to help you keep your job. Um, keep adding more value to the organization. So that can be stuff that is broader than just your core job responsibility. So the whole not my job attitude may not help you when the company is putting together a layoff list. So are you the kind of person that helps other people get their projects done? Do you help onboard new employees? Do you provide training? Do you do research? Do you bring stuff back to the team that makes the team more efficient, improves processes? You know, are you good for team morale? If you are, you may keep your job. You know, it kind of gets back to the point of that benefit cost ratio. If you are adding more value to the company than what you cost the company, both financially and in terms of just dealing with you, then you'll probably keep your job. And that's that last one. Just don't be a pain. Some people are such a pain to manage that they often are hanging by a thread. Like there's just enough value that they're like, "Ah, okay, you know, I'll keep them around. But that layoff happens and that layoff list starts coming around. And they're like, man, this is an opportunity to, to get rid of my pain in the butt employee. And it happens. I'm sorry, it does. So if you are somebody who's just difficult, unpleasant, prickly, you might be in trouble. Um, so in this newsletter, if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, I shared a list of some of the companies that have had layoffs and are still having layoffs. There's a chart that I found that's tracking layoffs. It's like, I think in 2022, 146,000 people We've been laid off across 964 companies. It's a lot. Peloton's had four rounds of layoffs. Microsoft just announced layoffs. These are big companies. Meta, which is Facebook, they froze hiring. There's going to be additional cost cutting, which could very well be layoffs. Tesla had layoffs. TikTok, Coinbase, Netflix, Twitter. So 
I know startups have long been considered a risky place to work, but a well-funded, profitable startup might be a good place to be, right? These big companies way overhired and they have to make Wall Street happy. And so they're, they're cutting cost. So you can look, if you do some shopping on AngelList, and I included a link to that, you can look for some startups that are still hiring. And it's kind of funny right now. While these layoffs are happening, I've seen mid-stage startups that are still hiring. So um, I want to talk about finding your next job. I know there isn't much more time for this podcast. It's running long. Um, people make a lot of mistakes when they get recently laid off. You know, they don't take time to deal with the job loss. And it is, it's an emotional time. They try to jump into a job search like right away and they're just not ready. They ask people for help, but they're not clear about what they want, which is a problem. (laughs) It's like, Hey, I got laid off. I need a job. It's like, what do you want? I don't know. What kind of company? I don't know. Any company. Well, that doesn't help people. Um, jumping into interviews before you have your confidence back or you're, you're still feeling a little bitter, being a little salty. I've seen that. I've seen people either go into the interview with no confidence and it shows and they don't get a job offer or they're going in really bitter and angry and that comes through and nobody wants to hear about how much you hate your past boss or company. So that doesn't do you any favors. So take the time you need. You know, layoff is traumatizing. Let it sink in. Don't jump right into a job search because you could technically, but your head isn't in the right place. And if you try to do it, you're just not going to be putting your best self forward. You're not going to be bringing your A game to the job interview process. So take some time. Take some time to reflect on what happened what you want for your career and your life, do some long-term planning, you know, just take a few days, even if you can a week, take care of yourself, recover and think, think about what you want next for your career. And then update your resume, update your LinkedIn, you know, put together a draft template for your cover letter. Oh no, cover letters. Everybody hates cover letters. I feel differently about cover letters, but Hey, I'm one of the few, and there's actually a decent number of us, actually. Um, it's it's your opportunity to sell yourself. Resumes don't sell you, right? They're not targeted specifically for a role in a company. They're very brief, bullet point. They should be. They're not verbose. Your cover letter is a chance to, to sell yourself a little bit. Uh, update your website. I hope you have a website. You do, don't you? Uh, update your portfolio if you have one. You know, and then start uh, reigniting your network, reach out, you know, join an alumni group, join the group of people that got laid off. You know, sometimes people help each other. This is something that's changed in recent times is that people will put up a list of talent and put it into like Airtable or, or something like a Google sheet and say, okay, here's a bunch of talented people that need a job. It's not their fault. They lost their job. Um, let's see what else, what else, what else, you know, the thing that I really hope you can do is kind of own your story and be confident about yourself. And I talk about this all the time, you know, being clear about who you are, your value, writing that story of you and going into that job search, feeling proud of yourself, 
writing an elevator pitch so you know how to sell yourself. So when they say, hey, tell me about yourself, you have that story. And if you are struggling, you may need to cast a wider net. Start looking at remote roles if you've been reluctant to do that because you want to work in an office. There are tons of companies hiring for remote positions. You may be able to get a job in a completely different city, state, or even a country and not have to relocate, which is fantastic. Uh, I'm going to quickly go through the rest of this. You know, you can read this if you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. If things aren't working out and you've been out of work for a while, and I know some people who've been out of work for six months to a year, that's a pretty good clue your strategy's not working. You know, I know some people that have applied to hundreds of jobs, literally hundreds of jobs, blasting their resume everywhere. And they're like, I didn't get any interviews. It's like, that strategy doesn't work. So you may need to do something different. You may need to be more strategic. You may need to activate your network. You may need to work with a career coach like me. It doesn't take a lot of sessions to get ready, to be clear about what you're looking for, to know how to engage with your network, to practice your job interview skills, to practice interviewing the dozens and dozens of questions that are going to get thrown at you, to be good about selling yourself. It helps. It helps to practice and be coached by somebody who can help you. So you can go to invinciblecareer.com if you want to find out how to work with me. Happy to do that. Um, One quick tip is to add a new position to your LinkedIn profile if you don't have one already. So if you've been laid off and you now are going to have that dreaded gap in your resume, you don't have to. You can actually put in a placeholder. It's your consulting business. And you probably should be doing consulting. I tell people it's like spin up a simple side hustle consulting business that's based on your professional expertise that you just keep open all the time. And that fills any gap between jobs and it can be side hustle income and it can help you with networking. It's nice to have that, you know, it depends on your employment agreement and where you work, you know, what the laws are in your state. But I know in California, a lot of folks are consulting while they're employees, as long as it's not with a competitor. They can't do something that's competitive, but doing some consulting on the side is a great way to stay active in your professional community. And I'll just leave you with this final thought is, you know, take care, take care of yourself and take care of your people. So if you're a manager, your team that stays is going to be very stressed and feeling tons of anxiety and wondering if they're next. I've been in a situation and everybody's in the hallways whispering and no work is getting done. And I'm sure that happens even now remotely. It's like, am I next? Is there another round of layoffs coming? Or, and they're feeling that survivor's guilt. They're feeling bad that their friend got fired and lost their job, but they they still have a job. So talk with your team. Answer their questions. You know, you can't make any false promises. Oh, don't worry. You'll never get laid off. You can't promise that. But help people get through this. And help the people that got laid off. I know, according to many corporate policies, you can't do anything officially. So you can't be in the meeting laying someone off and say, I'm sorry, let me help you find a new job. You can't do that. Sometimes companies provide outplacement services. That's fantastic. You can also do what I've seen a lot of people doing. 
They make a list of all the people that got laid off and say, these are very talented people, and they share it on LinkedIn. And they say, I can vouch for all these people. They'd be great for your team. Check it out. You can introduce people. Just don't do it on your corporate laptop and over your corporate intranet if you're internal um, or using your corporate email. You know, a lot of people used to do this in person over the phone, but it, it's remembered. It's remembered when you are a decent human being and help people. You know, unless someone got fired, which is a different issue. Some got fired for serious performance issues or misconduct. That's different. But with layoffs, you usually have very talented people who lost their job through no fault of their own. It's just bad corporate planning. They overhired. They made mistakes and they weren't making enough money to support everybody. So help people and take care of yourself too. It is stressful. It's stressful as a manager who's had to lay people off. I can tell you, I still think about it. I still feel bad about it. I can still picture the day that I had to do it. It never leaves you. And you have to live with that. Long after you left the company and they don't care about you, remember you, or provide therapy for you, you still have to live with it and think about it. So do what you need to do to be a decent human being and feel good about yourself. Take care of yourself. So I'll leave you with that thought. Um, We will get through this. There is light at the end of the tunnel. These cycles are normal. We had the dot-com crash in 2000. It was terrible. (laughs) Trillions of dollars in value lost almost overnight. Um, But it, it came back, clearly. We had the Great Recession between 2007, 2009. Bad time. The economy bounced back. So, you know, we go through these 10-year cycles. So stay in touch with your friends. Stay in touch with your circle of advisors. Keep networking. I have a community where we all support each other, the Invincible Career Community. I linked that in the newsletter too. So you can learn more about that if you want to join us, if you need help trying to avoid a layoff or trying to recover and get a new job after a layoff. That's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. So I, I wish you the best of luck during this economic downturn, this bit of an economic crisis. I, I hope we all get through it, and we will. We'll get to the other side. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an, an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.